the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around this beautiful world. God bless you and welcome to the show. You are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation, and today we're blessed to have John. John from World Gospel Mission. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Julian, for having me on. Now, John and I met at a a conference, uh, Grace Bible Church, giving them a shout. uh, And we're at a conference and I was sitting next to John, you know, and you you sort of say, yeah, so what do you do? And uh, we started this conversation and I was just amazed by what John does. You know, John's just uh, he's he's uh, he won't mind me saying he's one cog, part of a machine, a wonderful machine, the world gospel mission. So. So, John, just just briefly tell us, uh, I know you sort of focus in on one area, but but broaden out a bit. Tell us a little bit about the World Gospel Mission. Yeah, World Gospel Mission is an uh, in, interdenominational mission organization um, that is uh, international as well. has about 230 missionaries around 20 different locations around the world. It's been in existence uh, for over 110 years now, and uh here in Arizona, its its background has been that it's been in Peoria, Arizona, based uh, primarily out of Native ministry for the last 70 years. But since COVID, we've done some shifting around. I'm sure we'll get to that here in a bit. So, so um, what, what what's your main goal? What's your mission? What's your, your purpose? Yeah, so um, the main goal, World Gospel Mission says that they're about transforming people that transform communities, that transform the world. Um, and transformation starts with sharing the love of Jesus with people, uh, bringing Jesus into their hearts and, and uh, making disciples that mobilize into their communities uh, to share Jesus with others around the world. Uh, in particular, I guess I can go a little more in the background of uh our field here in Arizona is called Southwest Ministries. Our, our history started in the early 50s with a Native American boarding school program. So we did Native education, Christian education for first through 12th grade. Southwest Indian School was the program name. And it closed in the late 90s. So we had a second chapter, so to speak, um, in our ministry scope. And that focused primarily around camps and retreats, still primarily Native Americans. Um And we're located here in 73rd and Thunderbird in Peoria. So back when we started the program, literally dirt roads and cornfields and a dairy farm uh, was next door. So uh, it's obviously the city has grown up and swallowed us in, so to speak. And and in the 
in the second chapter with the camp and retreat ministry, that's when my wife and I came in 2014 to run a Bible camp program for that as a part of our ministry scope. Uh, but we started doing more and more connecting with the alumni of our school base and starting doing more ministry out on the reservations with them. And then the third chapter happened, um, well, because of COVID, uh, with all the lockdowns and everything, our native ministry really had to shift hard to focusing solely on reservation ministries, uh, which left us with our 20-acre school property, Camp and Retreat Center, uh, not really having um, a direction yet to go. And so um, I had, uh, in the fall of 19, felt the Lord was calling me to take over facilities for the team here. I was already the camp director and uh, just felt like managing the facilities for the team as well was a way that I could help serve our team a little better and not knowing that COVID was coming. And, um, but, but the Lord provided um, the right um, partnerships and, and vision for moving forward into transitioning to what we call now the Christian community center. And um, the current role that it plays is it works with um, organizations and partnership uh, serving the needs of foster kids um, in particular, we're looking to prevent kids from going into foster care, but we also run a residence program for young adults that age out of group homes or foster homes, um, trying to provide them a year-long program where we help them transition into independent living, uh, pro- providing all kinds of resources that support them in that process. So, so, uh, so it's it's help help me get my head around this. So it's to help children obviously we are extremely grateful for the uh, adoption services that the government provides you know go team are very grateful for them uh, but it's to your goals are to try and prevent the children from going in providing an alternative is that correct yeah so the prevention idea is that there's a number of caseworkers with the department of child services that say i don't want to pull a kid from a single mom's home or apartment but the reality is mom doesn't even have a bed for that child and if you can't find the basic necessities and provide those for your children, then that's a that's an automatic notch against you from the Department of Child Services. And um, that puts you at risk of losing your child um, right. to the state system. So the first thing we can do is work with organizations that provide some of the bigger items in particular. Um, you know, there's a number of services in the valley that provide food and clothing and things of that nature. There's not as many that provide bedding, beds, dressers, uh, you know, household appliances, those kind of things. So, yeah. So that's that's the first start is trying to keep the kid in the family, especially if uh, that that it's nothing more than just something physical item wise. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, po- poverty isn't a good reason to. Uh... Exactly to separate you know and so uh it's not a sin is it um so your 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 concept is to uh to help to uh, seek your best to enable the child to stay with the stay with the parent stay with the mother and so i mean how how do you get these materials i mean is i'm, I'm just thinking you know entrepreneurs coming into my head you know so it's uh you know those this thing you know how, how you need beds you need these things how, how do you get them yeah, so we have a, a unique environment here at the community center. And kind of back out a little bit, 
with a 20 acre property and a lot of facility space, um, we recognized that we had a lot of property, but we didn't have programs. We saw the need, uh, but when we started thinking through how do we start to engage that space, um, we started obviously looking around at other organizations that were meeting needs in foster prevention, foster age out ministry, and just foster care in general, and realized that it was going to take us programmatically like five years to really build the, the network and the contacts and the resources to do it well ourselves. And that got us back to the board and saying, I don't know if it's us or whether we need to be looking for people in organizations that are already doing this and could partner with us. We've got facilities, they've got programs, we can do it together. And so that's kind of the basis of how this has all come together. One of the organizations that we partner with is Thrive Arizona, um, and they run that prevention ministry as well as the age dot program that clients live on our campus. Um, you know, and then we've added other organizations on top of that, such as um, Arizona Faith and Families and their foster licensing organization. It's a faith based. Both of those are faith based organizations that are looking for Christian parents uh, for foster kids. If you're going to get placed in the foster system, let's try to get them in parents uh, in homes with Christian faith values uh, that are going to love them and take care of them well. Uh, We also have another organization that uh, provides uh, needs within, you know, parents of foster adoptive kids. So it's kind of like a co-op for foster adoptive parents. Um, There's there's another organization that shifts more into working with special needs clientele as well that's been on campus. But the idea is how do we create a, um, it's like a collaborative here on our property around a variety of needs and bringing in organizations to partner together. They each kind of have their role that they play within that need in the community, but they share in resources with each other as far as networking, um, you know, programmatic sharing of you know, events together, they plan some events together and they put them on together. There's there's just a lot of complementary pieces, but not necessarily the competing elements of it. And it's been a beautiful thing. It's very open-handed. I mean, that, that's just wonderful to hear, isn't it? Because the bottom line is, it's the kingdom of God, you know. And yes, you know, it's God's word, God's way, you know, not ours. It's not up to me to, to come up with uh you know things that are uh, aren't his words or against his will but but it's about christians coming together you know whether you're a this or a that or a whatever you know it's mm-hmm. it's no we've got this and let's utilize it together for the kingdom so it, for me it's just this wonderful situation that's happened where we've got this you've got that let's work together in order to benefit these kids you know just think uh, i'm just just thinking out loud to to myself and to everyone listening you know what what if we all did that you know do if we we don't all need our own you know saint <laughs> saint julian's school or saint julian's this or that by the way uh, he was an apostate saint julian but uh, a julian <laughs> so but there were two good ones so um yeah we can all work together uh using what we have so and uh, particularly in your situation where it's for children you know they're the the vulnerable in society those who um uh you know you're seeking to keep the family together so anyway i take my hat off to you and the team and uh tell me so um how can those who are listening 
help serve you and the other organizations that you're working with? Yeah, there's there's a number of opportunities. You know, I would think the first thing would be to to just um, get on our website at c3peoria.org. Um, Say that again. C3peoria.org. Okay. Um, and you can you can find where there's a contact. And you can shoot an email out to us and and say, hey, I'm interested in learning more about. Um, there's opportunities to to donate items for prevention ministry, and we can get you in contact with with that organization that they have delivery trucks that go out and pick up, and they pick up furniture and dressers and, and items like that that they use then to to uh, give away out to families that are in the DCS system, um, trying to prevent those kids from from. Uh, uh, getting put in a group home or help for uh, foster care of some sort. There's there's opportunities to to engage in mentorships with these number of organizations, and so we if there's interest in that. Um, there's there's life skills development. There's there's vocational training opportunities. There's there's a number of different ways that you can get involved in those areas of of ministry. And we'd love to be able to help people get connected with that. Um, it And so, yeah, those are a couple of things off the top of my head that I'm thinking of. <clears throat> You're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb. And today we're blessed to have John. And John is sharing. Uh, he's from uh, World Gospel Mission, but he's sharing about operations here in Phoenix about getting Christian organizations working together, utilizing the skills and the resources that they have in order to work together as one kingdom voice, reaching out to those in society who have a need. And the need we're talking about at the moment are children. And uh, despite uh, uh, our appreciation for the government governmental services and the great job that they do, seeking to keep children out of childcare. Um, and so you also said in there that, um, excuse me, um, taking away from their parents, as it were. So, John, tell us more. You said about uh, there were some sort of life skills um, that, that you teach the children as well. So so before, what I want to do is hear, hear a little story, a few stories about how uh, the organization has worked to to. to transform to, to help people on their way but before we go there tell us a little bit about the um the life skills yeah um so i would i would say that one of the things that we're working on is working with young adults that come out of the foster care system so i know we say children and they are in a lot of ways kind of still in that mindset but legally they're adults so they age out of out of the state foster system, um, it could be that they're with a foster parent and they find themselves then at 18 told, all right, we've done our job. It's here on your own. Or they at 18 are tired of being told what to do and they decide they're going to go do their own thing for a while and then find themselves on the streets. Or, um, you know, they come out of a group home system that, that makes them adults and legally they no longer can stay there because there's other minors, you know, there's a number of reasons they end up out there in that system, but they're not ready um, mentally and skill set wise. And so we find ourselves with life skills with these young adults. Um, they lack a lot of the basic things that you would expect them to know by the time they turn 18. Some of these kids come out of the systems and, um, they don't even have their own identification. So we, they, 
they have to go all the way back to working with the vitals department with the state to get the birth certificate and social security cards and things of that nature just to be able to start with the process of helping them set up a bank account being able to help them get the state assistances that are available to them um, the state actually provides funds for these young adults to come out of foster care in a um, I think it's a three-year stipend that they get each month to help um, offset the cost of living but they don't even have access to that unless they can prove who they are and what they're about and you know that kind of stuff so we start at the basic level and then work up from there things like education needs um, many of them aren't finishing high school so we have to help them get their ged get that done um, you're trying to help them with life skills like learning how to drive a car um, how to fill out job applications and become employable do an interview how to manage a budget right um and and also the social skills that come with it just just growing in maturity um one of the things that we talked about here is our our, our vision for c3 is that we provide young adults at age out of foster care faith hope and community you know faith is first and foremost we want them to see the love of jesus uh through what we're doing you know in our organizations hope is something that they they many of them haven't had they live day to day in their mindset in a survival mode they don't have a hope for a future they're just trying to figure out how to get to today and so to create a community that allows them to drop that guard that that space that shows that they're loved they're welcomed they're we're here for them. We see a future. God has a plan for their lives. And we want to provide them a hope and an opportunity to start dreaming um, and seeing that, you know, there is a 5, 10, 15, 20 year window. And we're working towards, you know, what does that look like to be successful adults in our society that love Jesus, you know? So, you know, I'm not even going to try and put myself in their situation because that, that would be you know insulting to them i i don't know but i can imagine just that 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 concept of you know you, you you're alone and um you you come out at 18 and there's the you know there's the world i mean it, it's tough for everyone you know when you're 18 you know you come out and yeah. you have that <clears throat> you know the the body of a man or a woman you know but you have the brain of perhaps perhaps you know younger years and so Tell you know just 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 the fact that somebody is there and willing to take the time to to be with them, the desire to be with them, to help them to to understand the basics of of uh, adulthood and responsibility and so forth, and that there's someone to journey with them must must be huge. Um, give give us some. Uh, obviously, we don't want names or specifics, but give us some examples of. Um, those that you and the organization have have journeyed with and how you have seen uh, the change take place. Yeah, no, it's it's been really neat to watch um, many of these young adults to come onto the, the property. You know, they're they're used to the state system and they're used to just kind of, I don't want to say, don't take this the wrong way, but kind of being a pawn to that, that structure and that system. Uh, and so they come here basically with what we would say is kind of like a freshman in high school mentality, you know, emotionally, which is a very selfish mentality. I, I work in youth ministry as a background and, 
I mean, when you think of a junior hire or a freshman in high school, it's very much a me, myself, and I, and quick wins, you know, quick, you know, not worried about tomorrow, but hey, what about tonight kind of thing, right? And they're just, they're, it, it's a distorted mindset. And it's it's a preservation mindset that they have to develop to survive in the systems that they might have grown up in. Uh, it, but those same things that protect them as a child is actually what's going to hinder them from being a, a productive adult, right? And so you have to work to try to break down those barriers and build some trust because that's the only way they're going to really be able to be ministered to is, is to provide that environment where they feel safe and let their guard down. And we've seen... Um, We've seen that over time, the longer they're on our campus, the more they're engaging with the staff and the people on property. And we're working through like their case of how we're going to help them grow in the next year. Uh, we've seen multiple um, young adults graduate high school. Um, we've even done graduation party here on campus with them. So we get to celebrate them and put the gown on the whole nine yards, right? Uh, we've seen many of them get jobs uh, for the first time here and start earning paychecks. And we've, uh, we've seen, we've seen four of them come to Jesus, uh, be saved and accept him as Christ in their heart. And uh, just lots of growth and maturity relationally, just being able to see, you know, I can think of one that came and it just was like the first six months, they, they were here physically, but mentally, like you could not get in, in a conversation going with that person at all. And then it's, it's almost like all of a sudden, Within a week or two, the guard dropped and he became very engaging, very social. And just you can just tell things started to click for him and, and took took off. And, uh, you know, he, he did really well for himself and has, has been able to move off campus and, and out and, and is going. And uh, so it's just been amazing to see how God works it through us to reach these students, these young adults um, in, the, in our in our environment. So. Have you, have you ever been asked by any of them why you're doing what you're doing? I think a lot of people get it. You know, uh, it's a, it's, it's pretty biblical. You know, we see it in scripture all the time of the need to take care of the orphans and the widows in a way these kids are the orphans. They're the unseen generations, so to speak. Um, they they kind of get put up in a state system. The reality is, State's doing its job the best that it can, but ultimately it's, it's on the Christians to, to have step up. It's a biblical mandate to step into that space and try to serve the least of these. And when we're not doing our job, the state has to step in and try to figure out a way to solve that problem. Mm. Uh, and I, I think that's the reality. And it's not just in, in this specific area, but there's other areas in, in scripture that we're, pretty clearly mandated as Christians to step into that space and serve that those people. And, and when we're not doing that well enough, um, the state has to come in and try to figure that out, how to, how to take care of them. So um, no, I don't, I don't get a lot of, well, why are you doing this? I'm like, well, it's because it's biblical. It's necessary. And uh, God's ultimately called, called me there. So, um, what would you say to me? What would you say to those who are listening and like, you know, wow, you know, this is, this is great. Um, but John and I know Lindsay, your wife is, you know, uh, they've got what it takes, you know, they're, they're spiritual superheroes, you know, God has, 
zapped to them with these special skills, but not me. You know, I mean, uh, there's, the, uh, I'll pray, you know, I'll be praying and, uh, it, um, but uh, there's nothing that I can do. What would you say to them? So, um, I would say that, um, it's pretty biblical that God qualifies the unqualified. You know, a lot of times people look at pastors and missionaries and faith leaders that are running nonprofit organizations, meeting all these different needs behind the story of most of those individuals is that they ultimately probably weren't all that great at various things in life. It's just that God tapped their shoulder and they said, yes, Lord, use me. Um, I go back to stories like Moses and Gideon, you know, especially Gideon is a prime example of somebody who said, what do you mean me, Lord? I'm hiding in a, in a, you know, wheat threshing pit because I don't even want to be noticed by my own people, let alone, you know, lead these people. And he, by faith, steps out and does it. And then God says, wait, there's too many. We got to lessen the, the group, you know, the army. And uh, before it all, the reality is God just wants us to be faithful and willing to serve uh, and just say, yes, Lord, use me because he ultimately wants the glory. It's not by my abilities to get anything done. It's only through him using me and through my weaknesses, as Paul says, right? And then God is glorified. So, so respond to the call, step up, be obedient, and let God do the magic. That's right. You've been listening to the Kingdom and its stories. We're blessed to have John from the World Gospel Mission. Thank you, John, for joining us. And whoever you are, wherever you are around the world, step out in obedience to God. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.